Welcome to the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather. This is a show that discusses theology in a simple way, and really, all things Bible. All things Bible. And all things, very simply. (laughs) (laughs) If you consider yourself a theologian, or don't, or whatever, but you like Bible stuff. Or maybe you're just a logian. Not a theologian, just a logian. No, just a logian. You're welcome here, too. All right. We are Josh and Heather Tice. We minister to and lead Southern Hills Church in Las Vegas. We love each other, love theology, and love to talk. You can find this and previous episodes on our iTunes podcast or on KVXL 101.1 Experience Liberty Radio. Okay. Now, uh, we always start with a little fun. So, Heather, you got some for us? Oh, of course I do. All right, let's have a little fun. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by KVXL 101.1 FM in Las Vegas, streaming the best of Christian radio online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at KVXL101.com. Now, hey, this is fascinating because it doesn't matter if you're in Romania listening to this. We, we know we have some uh, listeners there in Romania. How you doing, George family? Uh, but uh, we, uh, or if you're in Florida, or if you're in uh, you Pennsylvania. You can't think of any other listeners, can you? You're trying to think of listeners to call the their, their home. T- yeah. <laughs> we but got nothing. no matter where you are, you can listen to this radio station, which is the premier radio station of the Bible Talks with Josh and Heather, where we, um, where we uh, are locally broadcast. But you can actually listen all over the world. Fascinating, right? So just go online and do it. Amazing. Amazing. An international phenomenon. All right. This thing that we do here. <laughs> All right, Heather, so tell us, what's the little bit of fun that we have today? Okay. So today's fun question. This Are is you episode, ready? This is episode number 40, what? Oh, my word, 47. Assurance Almost of Salvation. to cake. Yeah, episode 50 is cake day. I thought it was 46 today. No, episode 47. Episode 46 was okay. the dynamics of marriage. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, it was, we it have all the answers. Awesome. No, this is episode 47, no, Assurance of Salvation. When you are saved. You didn't even address my, my joke. It wasn't a joke. We do know everything about marriage. <laughs> I thought you were making a statement and a fact. Oh, dear. Right. Okay, so. yes. After we're our downfall, you- Heather, they'll be replaying this episode. Yeah. And they'll be like, do you see what happened to them? <laughs> they became arrogant and prideful. And now their marriage is dust. Oh, that <laughs> makes me sad. Well, it's Don't fine. say that. Don't joke about that. All right. Okay, so. Uh, uh, but for the grace of God, there go we. Or there go we, but for the grace of God. It's something like that, folks. Y'all know. It's Y'all yeah, know. But, but for the grace of God, so there go I. So there go no, I. No, there go I, but for the grace of God. So there go I in the grace of God, <laughs> but. I won't. Okay. Because I decided not to. And God's grace. Because I chose with myself to (laughs) apply. But for the grace of there I go, there I go, for the grace of God I go, there I, but I do not. And so shall it be unto you as it's to them. All right. Let's get into the fun. That was not fun. (laughs) We're going to talk about assurance of salvation. But you have a fun question for me. Okay. If you could have a designer come and redo one room of your house. What room would it be? And okay. maybe what designer, if you're no, able to answer absolutely. That. I know which designer. Um, love it or list it. What's the girl's name? Hillary Favre. Hillary Favre. She I'm my gal. Not Favre. There's, this is not Brett. What? This is Favre. Brett Favre's sister. No. No? No, she's British. Okay, She, but they're not distant cousins. No. Okay, so it's the last name. Hillary Favre. 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 All right. 
Hillary, like, who's on Love and Enlisted, is amazing, and I want her to come and redo. What what room in the house? <clears throat> um, Can only choose one. My den. I, <laughs> you have a den. I've is never told you about it. Is there a secret room it. in our house? Yes. What are you counting as your den? No, I was just I don't know. I thought of the room on Leave It to Beaver where Ward would go in, <laughs> and I always wondered one of those rooms where the children is that were where a you go and nervous. smoke your pipe. The children are a little nervous slippers? to get in there, you know. And I walk in and and a yes. Mr. Bray had a den. Everybody has a den. I don't have a den. Why don't I have you a den? Don't. I don't even have a man cave. I, I don't have any carved out of rock space. Yeah. Dens or caves or nothing. You're an oppressed white male. <laughs> well, we I deserve it because of my toxic masculinity. There you go. I, I and I overflow Let's by the way with toxic are masculinity. As it should be I right walk now. into a room and it smells like old spice. <laughs> oh man. What oh, are we talking man. about? The room. What room would you have Hillary Farr redo? Uh, in our house, I would say the downstairs. Oh, I know where you're thinking. The whole... It, well, uh, no, you yeah. have to choose a room, but I know what he means. The, you mean the family the area. Fam- yeah. It's not really the, the family one. It's our the formal. It's yeah, our formal, formal sitting room, yeah. if you could call it formal. We but have it's a formal an, sitting room. It's an odd space because it is it is that open floor plan. Correct. But trying to arrange furniture in it's there, weird. I think... We've done a spectacular job with our furniture oh, so arrangement. Not that there's not improvement could be made, it's amazing. but Josh is always like, "That's not how it like how it goes." No, you've done a wonderful job. This sounds like a trick question. I'd like to move on. Everything in our not, house is perfect because I forgot about our contention among that space. Everything in our house is beautiful and perfect and awesome, and you are like Chip Gaines. No, <laughs> Joanna, whichever one it is. I don't actually care for her style. We just lost like. You don't Three like barn doors. Of our listeners. You don't like barn doors. I no. Let me explain. I like it in other people's houses. I actually respect. I just have gotten kind of sick of no, it. No, Joanna. Joanna. I've gotten sick of it because she it's just adds a barn door everywhere. And it's fine. And yeah. I also feel like every designer is trying to do that. So that's one of the reasons I like Hillary Farr because her designs are always different. I feel like they're based on what the owner what, of the house likes. So Hillary doesn't get you, the credit she deserves. If you really saying. love <coughs> um, Chip and Joanna, everybody Gaines, does. Yeah, I know. That's how we get comments. You I was say, about to say, that's what we should do. What yeah, you do is you say, let us know what you think and in the comment section, and then that's what happens. Yeah, so I like it. I do like that style, but I've just seen so much of it, and it's just, I'm Tuscan. Yeah. I like wood, wrought iron, leather, stone, Yeah, all those surfaces. Yeah, but do you have a good sense of, of, of what you like and what you don't like. Oh, yeah, I know what I like. Right. I yeah. just don't know how to do it. If yeah, you have a good sense of style, my question to you is: And like, it's expensive. With I chose an expensive one. That was stupid. Uh, yeah, well, but it, with the, the sense of style that you have, what if you were to lose that style? What if? I mean, do you ever get nervous? You know, I didn't get to answer. You're transitioning. I'm trying to transition right to past this. my answer. Oh yeah, Heather, and that what hurts room, my feelings. What room would you want to uh, have Hillary Farr? Do you even care? I, I do. <laughs> I deeply. feel like you don't even care. You didn't want to know. About take a guess. This. What room do you think I would choose in our house? I'm curious. Um, the solarium. <laughs> I don't know what a solarium is. So have, I don't you know, know if you're right or not. We don't have a solarium. I, I just I was trying to think the billiard room. I'm between two. <laughs> I think we live in a very large house, people. The billiard room. I think the I have library. to work on the stables. <laughs> oh, the stables. Yeah, I could see that. No. The stables do need a little attention. Uh, okay. No, the um, front room in our house. Oh, okay. I think because it's a difficult space right there. The I would do that. Room. I kind of been leaning towards the kitchen though. 
think I might have her redo the kitchen, especially since oh, I think yeah, our granite is going to have to be replaced. So if people, our granite has been cracking <sighs> all over the it's place. It's our fault, too, because we were ignorant. Why. Can I, we need to save no, them. No, I'm going to tell you why. Because I didn't know how to do talking. I didn't either. My toxic masculinity class in high school never taught me how to do caulking. And so now mm. all the water got in around the sink. You say, well, somebody should have taught you that. I know. Let me explain. People don't understand. Okay, so we have a sink that has a lid, like a lip of granite. Right, right. And underneath that, Water's they put a rod in. iron bar. Idiots. Typically. To Morons. support that little thin piece oh, of granite. Oh, I'm so mad at them. So because we didn't caulk in between that granite mm-hmm. and the sink, yep. you know, when it wore out. I agree. While we there, the water got up in there rusted that bar the bar begins to bend and pushes up against the granite and the granite has slowly been cracking and you know how it is that means replacing the whole thing which we will not do we are so tacky our house oh my word we keep putting super glue in it like losers we put super glue <laughs> in our and granite then we cover it with caulk now now they know how to caulk i've been caulking every he has he's the caulking like the master house. the caulk king that's right all right well yeah so caulk your sinks right now some of you need to stop this podcast it's you need to get simple. some caulk, and you need to go in there and caulk your sink so your granite doesn't get ruined. I am in absolute agreement. Oh with man! You. And so if you I, don't, I guess you'll I'm going to go kitchen. I'm going to go kitchen for Hillary. Oh, I like if Good you don't. And if you don't caulk, you're going to lose the. No, granite. I really need a dining room table. I'm trying to transition. I'm going to go with the. Fo- yeah, but this is important because what if Hillary's listening and decides to gift us? Hillary, we love your show. Hillary, I want the front room done. I need a that. dining room set and buffet. Weirdo, what's his name? You love him. Actually, he's awesome too. Yeah, we we love him. What's that guy's name? I can't think of he's it. Like, Hillary Farr. He's like the Bob Harper of Finding Homes. He's so fun. He really is good on the show. <laughs> what is his name? Well, I, I can know. picture him. David. Let's go home and watch that show. David something. All right. David Tice. Nope, that's us. <laughs> okay. Well, if you don't cock around the sink, you're going to lose your granite. And there's no assurance that your granite will survive forever. But there is one thing you can be assured of. We'll survive and be saved forever. What is that, Heather? Assurance of salvation, and I hope you don't take it for granted. Oh, my (laughs) word. Somebody please turn off the radio. Turn it off now. Because when she gets into this mood, it doesn't stop. So good. No, that was pretty rock solid. Oh. oh. Sorry. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Let's talk about assurance of salvation. This ends our, our, uh, our... I guess, series of uh, sessions on salvation, lessons on salvation. Are you certain of that? Yeah, and you can actually go... (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) You can actually go back and listen to episode 44. We talk about best things about being a Christian or salvation, the blessings of salvation. You can go back and listen to episode 41. You can go back and listen to episode 39, uh, episode 37, uh, all of these have to do specifically with salvation. So let's go into the assurance of salvation and talk about uh, the blessing of the assurance of salvation in our lives. Yeah, well, first of all, having assurance of salvation just is ultimately having peace. It's knowing that you're saved. It's not living in continual doubt and fear. It's being, um, I really think, confident of God's love. And God's power. Now, the Bible says that perfect love casteth out fear. Yeah. And it's not that, oh, I've made God love me more. It's I, I understand his love for me and that I'm accepted in that. Now, there are certain traditions within the Christian uh, or what we would call Christendom or the Christian faith that would say, no, 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 you can lose your salvation. If you by grace, you call upon Jesus Christ and by God's grace through faith, you receive Christ as your savior. But if you mess up. Um, or if you <clears throat> if you walk away from God, 
uh, whatever it might be, you can possibly lose your salvation. And there are others, uh, other traditions that teach um, that uh, you never be certain for sure that you are saved in the first place mm-hmm. because uh, well, those traditions really look at salvation as something you earn through good works and tradition and following the rules or sacraments. And with those Christian traditions, the vast majority of those who find themselves in those faiths are really concerned of whether or not they ever will be saved ultimately. But the Bible is pretty clear on this. In fact, the whole entire epistle of First John was written to people who were questioning whether or not they were really saved. And so the Apostle John writes in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. So the Bible tells us this is how you can know. So we can absolutely know for certain, based upon what the Scripture is teaching, that we are saved and that we don't lose that salvation. I, I like what Jesus says in the Upper Room Discourse uh, with his disciples in John chapter 14. He says, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. This is where the assurance part comes in. It's trusting the word of Jesus Christ. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So assurance of salvation is obtained the same way salvation is obtained, by simply trusting Christ, believing in the word that he called us to. Uh, So we believe absolutely that you cannot lose your salvation, that once saved, always saved. Uh, Somebody can lose their peace— as the devil cannot take away your salvation, but he can take away your certainty in that you, you're worried about it all the time, but in reality, your salvation is secure. Not in your good works, not in what uh, you've done, but in who Christ is and what he's done. Okay, so as we delve into this topic, let's talk about some of the reasons that it's a common problem, because assurance of salvation, lack of assurance, I should say, is a common problem. It's something that a surprising number of people Um, of Christians face and what are some reasons that you think people doubt their salvation maybe some that come to mind for you Josh well the very first one I would say is sin Mm -hmm. Um, so sin in the life of a believer can lead that individual to think wait a second if I were truly a Christian I thought Christians were better than this how is it that I can keep falling into this sin yeah I, that's one I put down. That's one of the most common ones is Satan comes to us and says, ah, a Christian wouldn't do this. And it's almost like we are we know that we are not saved by our own efforts, but sometimes we think, oh, I've got to maintain my salvation, yeah, yeah. which is not true. That right. makes no sense, and that's not biblical. Well, it's an improper view, once mm-hmm. again, of sanctification. Yes, we become more and more like mm-hmm. Christ the longer we walk with Christ, uh, but that doesn't mean we'll ever attain a place of sinless perfection. We will continue to fall. Um, I just recently heard a quote. I believe it was from Chris Owens, and it was great. Um, And I think the quote comes from C.S. Lewis, (laughs) so I'm going to slaughter it. But in essence, he states this. He says, one of the reasons why we continue to struggle with sin throughout our lives is so that we don't struggle with the greatest of sin, and that is pride. Mm. Um, That we we battle. I heard it's a quote like that, that haughty is worse than naughty. That's even better. And I think that was given by Hillary Farr. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I was but trying to bring it around. Yeah. Haughty, we forget that. Haughty anyway, is worse go ahead. than naughty. I just had to say that because I think that's So awesome. it's an improper view of sanctification. Um, oh, man, I would be perfect at this point. What's my problem? The answer is, well, the problem is you're not going to be perfect. And, and, uh, and, and so that sin in your life, 
you might think, oh man, that's I must have lost my salvation in some way. What are some other ways? Uh, I think another one is um, not understanding growth, spiritual growth. So feeling distant from God, yeah. Um, whether it's a lack of growth and walking with Him, or um, maybe you you had prayers that didn't get answered, and you don't understand how <clears throat> prayer and God's God's will works. And so sometimes people can put so much emphasis on that and say, I must not be saved. Yeah. Because I don't feel close to God because, you know, there can be multiple reasons. Or for you that. may or you genuinely may not be close to God mm-hmm. in that you're the prodigal. Now, God never left you in any yeah. way, but you ran from God. And so as the prodigal son, you find yourself in a far off land mm-hmm. eating husks from a pig trough. And you're thinking to yourself, look at me, look mm-hmm. at me. There's no way I'm just like one of the rest of these pigs. And you begin to question even the very state of your personhood. Am I a child of God or am I one of these pigs around me? The answer is no, you're still a child. You just look and smell and yeah. act like a pig. Um, you're still a son. All you have to do is yeah. return to the father. You're still a son. You're saved. Uh, but uh, but those that, for, so practically speaking, there might be somebody who is a Christian, but for the last four or five years you've been running from God. You think there's no way I'm a Christian. No, you're still a Christian. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with what you've done, but with what he has done in you. And he will draw you back to himself. Yeah, another one would be terminology. Sometimes, especially with younger children, sometimes just newer believers, they can be adults, but new believers, they'll hear different terms used or they'll hear kind of a hellfire and brimstone message. Yeah. And I didn't say exactly what that pastor said. Yeah. My prayer was different. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe someone says you have to, what was a day and time you were, you were saved? And you're like, I don't know. Was it March or was it April? I'm not sure. you don't remember day and time then you're not saved. Someone may say that, which is not correct, but that person with that tender heart may either have a confusion about terms or not understand something or even be told something wrong. Yeah, a lot of this has to do with spiritual immaturity. So if you've only been a Christian for a short while, or you've been a Christian for a while, but you've never been properly discipled, you might be looking at this moment and thinking, ah, maybe I'm really not saved because... Um, because what if I didn't say the right words? Uh, what if I don't remember the day and time? Look, it's not prayer mm-hmm. of salvation that saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. The question is, do you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been born again? But there's another aspect. There are some preachers and aspects of theologians uh, who actively go around preaching and writing about the idea that if if you didn't fully surrender your entire life to the lordship Mm -hmm. of jesus christ then maybe you're not truly a christian well i believe this i believe the bible teaches that every believer every believer who believes on the lord jesus christ will be saved Mm -hmm. and that a believer will by the process of sanctification become more and more a follower of jesus who eventually obviously becomes the lord of their life but there are a lot of people out there sitting in a pew that'll hear a sermon about if you didn't make God the Lord of your life in every aspect and every room, and here's a castle, and if there's one closet door that's not open mm-hmm. to him, he's not the Lord overall, he's not the Lord at all. So if there's something in your life that shouldn't be there, you need to really get saved. Well, yeah. this is leading a lot of young Christians into confusion, and what if I really didn't get saved, and so I'm going to open this closet, and now he's really the Lord of my life, yeah. and then a six months later, oh, here's another closet, I forgot about that one, let me get saved yeah. Again, <laughs> relax. The Word of God does not teach salvation to be so complicated. Yeah, that's called Lordship Salvation. Actually, one of my favorite teachers um, does fall into that. She does teach that. Every time I get to those sections, she's a really good Bible teacher, but then you get to those sections and you say, wait a minute, how can you possibly believe this? You yeah. Over here, you're explaining salvation by grace, but then you're saying, you know, it's really making him Lord of your life. If you haven't done this thing, if you haven't fully surrendered, if you haven't seen changes in your life, 
then you're not saved. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when you talk about that process of sanctification that will happen, you and I have talked in a great deal about that, that some people push against that. They'll get saved, but then they'll walk from God and push against it. Yeah. And the Lord sometimes takes them home. Yeah. And that's how their sanctification happens. Yeah, and their glorification takes place. Yeah. No, precisely. I, I think it's difficult for us to sit back and judge someone's soul or salvific moment based upon a moment in their life. So if, if I, as the average um, person, walked by the pig pen and saw, uh, saw the young man, uh, the son of the father, uh, in the uh, in the pig pen, I would assume. Well, he's just like one of these Gentiles. Little would have I known that he was one of the child of one of the people of God, the child of the Father. I would have made an assumption. I think we do that a lot of times with individuals and say they clearly cannot be a child of God because look at how they're living. He's not the Lord of their life. He's not Lord uh, of all. Therefore, he's not Lord at all. And the answer is you might be catching him on a bad day. Uh, when you have a bad moment, does that mean the Lord is no longer Lord of your life? Did you lose your salvation? And so this is one of the problems I have with that line of thinking. Now, when I say that, there's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this and say, well, I I disagree with how you say that. Hey, I totally get it. How in the world could we have 50 episodes, 70 episodes about theology where we agree on everything? And if you're listening, you say, well, that's it. I'm done. Clearly, Josh is not... The Lord is not the the Lord of Josh's life because we disagree. Well, look, we disagree on how we say that. I think we can relax and realize we have a, a little bit of a difference here. But I do think the concept and the extent to which the Lordship salvation can go is a very dangerous place. Okay, another one that comes up before we actually get into more of the subject matter is yeah. a lot of people say that if a person commits suicide— that they won't go to heaven. Yes, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember where they get that from the Bible. I know sometimes they'll go into, oh, it's unforgivable sin, which is totally taking that passage out of contact, context, not yeah. contacts. That's in your eyes. Those are in your eyes. Yeah, but it's it was the Pharisees And they're also about, in your phone, contacts. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or in your... Or Don't say phone? Rolodex, please, oh. because that's so yeah. old. I know. Yeah. You almost said Rolodex, I didn't did. you? I mm. did. I remember playing with the one my dad had. Okay. My dad had a Rolex. But it was a fake one from Rolex or Rolodex. Rolex, but Wait, it sounded like Rolodex. Really gone off track here. Yeah, don't take it for granted. So I know some people. Ah, uh, that was too long ago. I know it's I dead. Know feel. It's dead now. Yeah. And speaking of dead, yeah. Sometimes people believe that if you take your own life <laughs> and proceed into death that way, <laughs> that you lose your salvation. Oh, that's t- that's <laughs> terrible. I'm learning to transition. That was my first transition, y'all. Okay, so okay. Here- so they say it's you know where it's the unforgivable sin, but that's where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Right. I believe we address that when the past yeah, episode is what that is. That. that it's unbelief. It is not proceeding into death by taking your own life. So, um, a lot are of where there this verses that you can think of that no. people have taken to say that suicide. Where this comes from is is Roman Catholic dogma. So Roman Catholic doctrine teaches very bluntly um, that uh, if somebody takes their own life, that they'll be damned for eternity. Now, that's one of the things that evangelical Christians really have to be very careful of is finding their theology from Scripture or from the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of Roman Catholic doctrine and dogma that has made its way even into uh, historic Orthodox evangelical Christianity. Um, Some of those being things like, uh, uh, this is not what the episode is about, we'll do one maybe on someday, but about birth control and uh, the view of sex. A lot of that comes from the Roman Catholic perspective, but definitely this is one of those areas um, that is a Roman Catholic dogma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've heard. Now, I will say I, I know some friends of mine who are afraid to even discuss this 
And you do have to be careful if someone is asking you about this. I did. I had about two months ago, a man at church asked me after one of our classes about that. And I said, well, I'm not going to answer your question yet. Let's talk about a couple things first. And I asked about where he was, how he was doing. He was dealing with some PTSD, some other things that we dealt with in counseling. But um, he was in a place, I said, once I figured out he was doing okay, I didn't need to call authorities. Yeah. If you ever hear someone what saying, Heather is I'm saying, struggling with suicide, yeah, if, what Heather is saying, I'm ready if somebody, to kill myself, you call for help. If somebody says to you, hey, um, if I commit suicide or if somebody commits suicide, do they go directly to hell? You never answer that bluntly and and matter-of-factly. Oh, no, you'll be yeah. fine um, because you don't know where that person is. And so this is a very, very um, touchy question. When yeah. when we're asked that question, the very first response is, hey, can we talk? And sometimes whenever we – I've done this many times. Sometimes the conversation is just simply theological. Oh, no, I was just wondering. Sometimes it gets into actual yeah. emotional areas. So give them the correct answer, but give them the correct answer when you have a chance to do one-on-one conversation yeah. alone. I know I have some friends, what I was saying earlier, is I have friends that are afraid to answer that question because they know the truth is no, right. suicide does not damn you to hell. Right. But obviously they're, they're worried to share that because they just don't want people to make that decision to fall into that. Um, a couple of thoughts with this is when we talk about the taking of a life, are there people who have taken the life of others who are in heaven that we know of? A, a Bible character I would think of is David. David, as a Christian, did he take the life of someone else? Sure. Yeah. And uh, that was sin. He dealt with a lot of issues from that, brought a lot of pain upon his family. But by the grace of God, he was saved and would be with the Father. Right. Again, salvation is not obtained by your good works, and salvation is not maintained by your right. good works. Salvation is a gift from God. Uh, at the beginning and throughout and all the way into eternity. And this is one mm-hmm. of the things that we have to grapple with. Yeah, I like in Romans 8, it says that I am sure they're certain that neither death nor life, no way that you can die, nothing you can do in your life can separate you from the love of God, which yeah. is in Christ Jesus. Um, a couple of things with that before we move on, because I do think this is an important topic that comes up quite a bit, is um, understanding, okay, that's not determining my salvation, my eternal destination, but understanding that life is given by God that is not ours to take. It's not ours. The If God has me here, that's one of the things one of the people I was talking to about this said, is I don't know why I'm still here. And so I said, well, what is your purpose? And listener today, can you answer that? What is your purpose? Your purpose, here it is. If you didn't know, it is to know God. It is to know him deeply, to walk with him and to glorify him on this earth. So begin seeking his face, knowing him, and he'll begin to use you to magnify himself in the eyes of others. But yeah, the thoughts, if you're struggling with that, you have to recognize, okay, where are these thoughts coming from? They're not just coming from you. They're always, always, always coming from the enemy. Um, A Christian can't be possessed by a devil, but they certainly can be oppressed. There can be that oppression from a demonic spirit of... um, yeah, just end it all, trying to discourage the child of God um, to go down that path. Do you have anything else to add there? Well, you know, you were talking about th- what causes this doubting of salvation. Mm-hmm. There there are other things. I think, for example, youth, um, growing up, um, uh, very young in the Christian faith. So, for example, a kid like me who grew up and he heard good sermon after good sermon, uh, evangelist after evangelist, camp 
service after camp service where everybody's getting saved, you begin to say, well, wait a second, maybe I'm not um, not really saved. And so this uh, this childlike belief and faith in God might lead a child to get saved at five and seven and ten years old, like I did, right? So I was, I uh, I came forward in an invitation three times in my life and and surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and His Lordship and love for me and confessed my sins and called upon Christ to be my Savior. So where did I get saved? Uh, did I get saved at the age of five? Did I get saved at the age of seven? Did I get saved at the age of ten? The answer is yes, <laughs> I am saved. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and um, and. This is this is the point. So the cause of lack of assurance can be can be youth and growing up in that. It also can be a tender spirit. Yeah, and we talked about that where as you feel conviction, whether it's by a preacher preaching a specific terminology or a certain direction, um, you're tender um, and you care about it, so you begin to doubt and just want to be sure yeah. because you don't understand the truth and a tender spirit. Another one is shocking conversions. So sometimes there'll be someone in churches. Um, I remember my mom telling me about um, a pastor that she knew who had he had preached, led people to the Lord, and then truly, I don't. This blows my mind, but he knew it, but he had not accepted it for himself. Right, and he be- was converted. He got saved, um, and trusted Christ and took it for himself, and actually went from religion to a relationship. But sometimes a Christian can hear about something like that. Wow, if they were not saved, I'm not either, and they kind of allow that to. Um, I guess, impact their life in that way rather than going to the truth of God's word and what actually happened here. So I think those are some of the reasons. Uh, But what about the cure? What do you do if you say, okay, I struggle with this, a friend, a family member struggling with this? What is the the cure, the answer for the lack of assurance of salvation? Well, throughout scripture, we see many, many different things. First of all, one of the things I tell people is that God wants you to know that you are saved. Um, I, I'm going to jump off script here a little bit, Josh. Do it. You ready? Yep. I really and truly believe after quite a while of studying the armor of God, I believe that the helmet of salvation is actually talking about assurance of salvation. Really? Yeah, I do. And I've not heard. Tell me why. Okay. I've not really heard it taught. In fact, so many times I'm going through the study and then people always get to the helmet of salvation. It's like they're just talking about getting saved. Yeah. Yeah. I believe salvation, you know, you have the armor if you're not saved. Yeah, so that's fascinating. Start there. But the more I say it's it's protecting your mind. It is protecting mm. that vital organ in your brain. And so that's what the helmet does. And so the idea that, okay, what is guarding my mind? If Satan can get us to doubt the assurance of salvation, then he has got open access to our mind. We are not going to be able to move forward. We are not going to be able to accomplish more for him. Because we're continually, how could I, how could I have victory in that area of my life? Because I'm not even sure I'm saved. How could I move forward in this? Because I couldn't witness. Because I don't even know. And we're living in doubt, and right. our doubts hold us back in fear. Yeah. Um. To me, it's almost like getting a, a head injury. You are almost like you're in spiritual coma. <laughs> well, this is the danger of constantly doubting your salvation. Yeah. If you're constantly doubting your salvation, it's very difficult to progress in your spiritual faith. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to reach others with the gospel of Christ, to serve effectively. When you think of yourself as somebody who is merely um, faking this whole thing, then you're going to slowly walk away from the Lord um, because you don't want to be a hypocrite. And so yeah. I've spoken with individuals who through a long life of um, doubt eventually have stated, I, I know, I, I, I spoke with a Christian who said, I'm not one of the elect. I know I'm mm. not one of the elect, uh, perverting a, a view of, of doctrine that's found in scripture. 
um, I know I'm not one of the elect, and therefore I'm just going to live my life the way I'll never be saved anyway. Well, this is a major problem. And so it really, it, it really is disconcerting in that way. Mm. So I think it is important. It's important for us to get this nailed down. It's something that God wants for us. You know, he says in First John that we can know that we are the sons of God. We can be certain of that. So let's talk about some scriptures that will give us assurance because one of the best ways to find assurance is what you see from the word of God. Yes. Um, verses that you see, testimonies of God's people in the word. Um, so that's important because, you know, feelings are not reliable. Right. Um, the word of other people, just because your mother tells you the story of what happened or that pastor went through that with you, you can still have doubts because they're just people. Right. But when it comes to the truth of God's word, God who cannot lie, who right. does not change, even with circumstance changing, he stays the same. His okay. truth stays the same. What does he say? So let's let's look at what the Bible says. There are three men specifically in the scripture who struggled with sin and struggled with doubt and struggled with all those things. They knew they were saved. Look at John, for example. John writes in first John chapter four, verse thirteen. Hereby know we that know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us his spirit. He said, I know that I am in him and I know he is in me. Why? Because he has given me his spirit. Simon, John was a man who was prone to anger. John was a man who was prone to sin. John was a man who at times was prone to depression. But what did the Bible say? Here is a man who says, I know that I'm saved. Simon mm -hmm. Peter in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 14 says, Knowing that shortly I must put off this old tabernacle, this old body, this old flesh, I must die, even as our Lord Jesus Christ had showed me. He knew that he was going to put off his flesh. He knew his body would go away, but that Jesus Christ was going to save his soul. Uh, Peter was a, was a guy that struggled with being a loud mouth, an arrogant mm -hmm. man, a prideful man. But he still knew, hey, mm -hmm. I know I'm saved. And even after he got saved, you see this. He made mistakes over and over in the Gospels. He made mistakes over and over in the book of Acts, but he still knew he was saved. And then lastly, yeah. Paul. Paul knew that he was saved. He says, to, he says to Timothy in his second epistle, he says, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed mm -hmm. unto him against that day. He said, I am yeah. certain that I've given my my soul to Jesus Christ, and I am ready to be to be given. I like given the emphasis him. on yeah. that verse. I'm persuaded that He is able. Yeah. Because when we doubt our salvation, essentially what we're saying is, God, Your grace is not big enough. Your death was not powerful enough. Your blood did not cover this sin because it's so egregious. No, we're limiting the power of Jesus Christ and His atonement for us when we say that we have lost our salvation, that it ended. Um. For I'm going to give you a couple of verses here. Wait, there's a there's another person that had assurance of their salvation because of their being saved. Do you know who that was? I don't know who that was. It was Jean Valjean in Les Mis. Oh, no. I actually had a good he point sings, to make, but let's please. How can I ever face my fellow man? How can I ever face myself again? My soul belongs to God. I know I made that bargain long ago. He gave me hope when hope was gone. He gave me strength to carry on. Who am I? I'm Wolverine. What? It's the Casting Crown song. That's where they got it. Who am I? Yeah, they took it from Les Mis. We know that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he no, made that bargain long ago. All right, okay. That's really I'm good. Sorry. That I just, was, no, I appreciate There's several people that, in their car driving. Culture. To right. the Bible talks. There's several like people. Just did there. They just stopped the podcast, and now they're going to go listen to Les Mis because yeah. of that. Yeah. Yep. And several people will not. 
(laughs) (laughs) Even more. So I dare say will not. Okay, this is something, if you're dealing with children especially, this is something that I love because it's easy to remember and it's so clear. Um, It's a couple of verses your dad gave me a while ago. And what it is, is one is John 3.16. It said, For God so loved the world... They gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Yeah, and your dad was making the point that if it ends tomorrow because I blew it, it's not everlasting. From the moment I was saved, I was given life. If it ends, it wasn't everlasting. I love it. That's an easy, easy concept to understand. Being born into God's family. Jesus said we were born into his family. You cannot be born into something then born out of it. You can walk away as a disobedient child. You can be angry and frustrated with the father or come back to the father. You can be in whatever relationship with the father, but you're still a child. You know, uh, one of the things we used to teach children when we were uh, when we were children's ministers is that um, whenever children would get saved, we talked about how the Bible says that we are placed in the palm of God, and no man can pluck you out of my hand. My Father, which is greater than me, no man can pluck you out of my Father's hand. Talking about assurance of salvation, and I would always put up my hand and spread all five fingers, and I would say, "Look at these five fingers," and and repeat the words of Jesus after me. I, and I'd point to the first finger, will never leave you. And I'd point to all five fingers, one at a time. I will never leave you. And then I would close my hand and say, you are inside my palm. My favorite salvation verse is Romans ten thirteen: Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, period. And I always tell new believers, it, did it say whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord and get baptized shall be saved? No. Does it say, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved until they mess up really bad? No. It's just such a short, complete, beautiful capsulation of the gospel. So let's end this by talking about this. How can I test if I really am a believer? There are a few things that we would say briefly. Number one, you have a desire to obey. It's not that you're perfect. It's not that you've stopped sinning. But you have a desire to please God. If, mm-hmm. if in your soul you say, you know what, I, I really I struggle with sin, but I really want to please the Lord— the Bible teaches us, hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And he saith, I know him and keepeth his commandments not is a liar, and the truth is not in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he has walked. This is not talking about sinless perfection. It's mm-hmm. talking about a desire to be walking on a path with the shepherd. I think one of the key words is in there is we know him. And yes, you can be acquainted with God. But as you really grow to know him, if you say, well, I don't know, you're starting to doubt and worry. And you go back to the truth of, no, I did call upon the Lord. I am saved. But why don't I have a greater desire? I would counter this a little bit and say, well, perhaps it's not that you're not saved. I know this is supposed to be a test of salvation. But I would say the fact that you don't know God, because the more you know him, the more you recognize how great he is, how small we are, how desperately we need him. The more you want to obey him, the more you want to know about him, the more you want to be in your Bible and read. Yeah. So I think that's actually, to me, I don't like that one as much. Hmm. Is that wrong? The fact well, that I don't, I don't know. What do you think about the test of salvation? Well, that just means you're a heretic. What do you think about the <laughs> second one, experiencing inner conflict? I think that that's a valid. Now that one. So I do for somebody agree, who yes. says, "I'm not sure that I'm saved. I really hope I'm saved. I, maybe I need to get saved again." The fact that you care this much means that you are a follower of Christ. What would you say to that? I think that's true. I think the fact I mean, that the a Christian Paul has two natures. Yeah, Paul talks about that two natures, um, that in no good thing dwells within me, you know. Um, and the good things I want to do, I don't do. And the right things I want to do, I don't. Um, I messed up the verse. But basically, that's conflict is what he's talking yeah. about. And so, yeah, I do think you'll experience that. You'll see victories. And it's not just pick myself 
up, you know, and make this happen because I'm determined and I've got grit. No, it's truly saying, you know, God is provoking this desire in me to do right. I suddenly want to do this. I have new desires. So I think that'll happen. And again, the more you walk with God, the more you'll see evidence of yeah. that. The last thing I would say is you say, oh, I'm just not sure that I'm saved. Okay, then this is what I would say. Number one, if you're absolutely certain that you're not saved, it's important to call upon Christ as your Savior. But I would, I would even ask this. What is your present belief? Where are you at right at this moment? Uh, you say, I can't remember a specific time. I can't remember a specific place mm-hmm. of my salvation. The question really is then where are you at today? What, what do you believe today is going to get you into heaven? Um, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, these things have I written unto you that believe, that is, that are now currently believing in the name of the Son of God. So the question is, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ even right now? Mm-hmm. I, I love the simplicity that's found in John chapter number five, uh, John chapter number four, excuse me, John chapter number six and verse 47. Now listen to what it says. Jesus' words, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Say, well, I'm not sure when I got saved. Okay, who are you believing in right now for your salvation? Well, Jesus. Okay, then you're saved. Well, when? I'm not sure when it happened. You, you might need to walk with God more to be able to point out that time. But in this moment, if your faith is in Christ alone for salvation, the Bible says, Jesus specifically says, you have everlasting life right now. Amazing. So this is, these, are, these are the aspects of assurance of salvation. You can know that you've been saved and, uh, and that your salvation will not be lost. It's not, it's not gained by your good works. It's not maintained by your good works either. So that is episode number 47. Heather, what, what are we talking about in episode 48? Episode 48 is going to be a special one. We're actually going to be sharing something that we did with um, our staff, yeah. kind of a lesson we taught about communication and growing in communication, we specifically talked about between men and women. Yeah, communication so in the workplace, communication in the home. How different people communicate, how to build bridges. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, in, I'm encouraged about that, excited about that episode. So look forward in about two weeks. Uh, episode number 48, communication uh, in the workplace. But um, Heather, if there was one thing that we wanted our folks to be able to do for us today, as they close out this episode, what would we, could we encourage them to do? I don't know, Josh. Maybe share this episode. Yeah, share this podcast. Maybe just, yeah, post it on Facebook. Tell what your favorite part of it was or something you disagreed with. Get other people to listen. Do we want them to tell things they disagreed with? Sure, why not? But that's so controversial. Oh, no, controversy. (laughs) Get on social media. Let people know about this uh, episode, and we would love to be able to interact with you there. Thank you so much for listening, and remember, when the Bible talks, we'd better listen.